Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. We'll just give everyone a second to pop on. All righty, everyone. Well, thank you for joining us for another installation of our Thought Leaders Roundtable series. As you can see, we have another stellar panel with us, a lot of great thought leaders with us today. And the topic we're covering is increasing member lifetime value, a very important one, and we're excited to get into it. So to kick some things off, I'm just going to have our panelists introduce themselves and share a little bit about their facility and, of course, a good old fun fact with everyone. So, Ben, we'll start with you. Sounds good. Yeah. Thankful to be here, Taylor. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Ben Ludwig. I am the uh, Chief Operating Officer for Traction Group, LLC. Uh, we are a franchisee of F45. Uh, we just this past weekend opened our 10th location. Uh, we've got two more uh, that are currently in pre-sale, and uh, we've got a goal of, of 50 studios to open. Uh, so we're in the process of diversifying Oof. brands. We're going to be opening some recovery spaces here shortly. Uh, we've already signed the, the franchise agreements there. So um, that's our group. Awesome. And a fun fact. Fun fact about me. Uh, so about, well, I'm not going to tell you how many years ago, but uh, whenever I was in college uh, as a personal trainer, um, one of my clients owned a marketing firm. So I was actually in a uh, regional Super Bowl commercial uh, many years ago. <laughs> That's a good fun fact. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Robert, we'll go to you next. Hi, everybody. Uh, again, just thankful to be here. Uh, my name is Robert Rutter. I'm the chief operating officer for Franco's Health Clubs and Spa. So we have three luxury facilities in uh, in and around Mandeville, Louisiana. And then we're also a crunch franchisee. Um, a little bit about me or a fun fact about me. It's not as fun as uh, as Ben, but uh, I was a college baseball player, uh, was a college baseball coach and actually played in two World Series after coaching uh, where we actually won the World Series uh, down in Florida. So wow. um, baseball was a huge part of my life. Awesome. Scott, we'll go to you. Hi, uh, Scott Gillespie. I'm the founder and owner of Saco Sport Venice. We're a 30-year-old, multi-generational outcomes-based health club. Uh, we focus on programming and guiding members to success as opposed to just selling memberships for access. I also own an F45 franchise in downtown Portland. Uh, fun fact about me, uh, I gigged my way through high school and college as a drummer in a cover band. Nice. Cool. <laughs> Very <cool>. Christopher. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Christopher Montoya, CEO of Valley Fitness uh, out in California, um, 15 locations um, and uh, looking to grow, but not as fast as Ben's group at 50 is a big number. Oh, I think we lost. One, uh, a good friend of mine's brother uh, does all of the videos for Kenny Chesney. And Kenny came out with this two CD deal. I don't know if you guys remember the CDs back in the day, uh, but it was the making of the video and then the video and then all the songs. Um, and it has me pulling off this blazer because we took down a old restored blazer or no Bronco to the video shoot. Um, so the making of it has me hanging out the window, pulling this thing off the trailer. So I, I, I tend to find the camera, I guess. So it was two stories. <laughs> The nice. Mark. Uh, Mark Miller. I'm the chief operating officer at Merritt Clubs. We're a 
Baltimore-based facilities, um, multi-purpose, you know, any average box about 45,000 square feet, aquatics, kids, camps, you name it, we have it, um, kind of a lifestyle center. And I also do work with the Rex Roundtable Group um, for a GM group and all that. Uh, fun fact for me is kind of an embarrassing fact is uh, broken my collarbone four times um, in competition with my uncle. He and I are tied at four. So we'll see who gets to five first. <laughs> I don't think that's a competition I want to be about. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who don't know me, my name is Taylor Brown. I'm the editor of Club Solutions. And a fun fact about me is prior to joining the Club Solutions team, I was actually a political reporter and I covered politics in the Indiana State House. So. And I get to go back to my roots, I guess. I'm going to the Ursa Fly-In next week. So looking forward to that. Well, to kick things off, I'd love for you all to go around and I'm just going to have you all um, each answer the question. But if you have something to add, feel free to pop in. But to kick things off, I'd love to know, how can gyms enhance member engagement in order to increase retention rate? And I think this is a good starting point for our topic that we all agreed we could talk hours on. Um, but Scott, we'll start with you on this one. Oh gosh. So when, when I think about member, member engagement and retention, to me, it starts with the launch process. You know, how are we guiding people into the appropriate program? And there's a lot of factors here. I think the first one is what are the menu of options that you have to choose from to guide your new members to a support-based program that's going to help them succeed? Um, I think the second really key component for me is how is your sales system developed to acknowledge what I think of as the second sales cycle. We're all really good at selling memberships, which give people access to our clubs, but the second sales cycle is guiding people to make a decision to enroll in a program or support system to give them the tools or motivation or accountability that they don't get from simply getting access. Um, and without that proper second sales system, I think we're losing tremendous opportunities, frankly, bigger opportunities than the membership itself. Um, I think rate increases are a piece here and follow up down the road. But to me, the foundational piece of this is how do we launch people effectively? Yeah, totally agree. Ben, we'll go to you next. Yeah, um, Scott knows I love sales. And so, you know, the thing about it is, is sales is so much more than getting someone involved in your program. Sales is understanding your member, what they need and want, and then connecting them to the product or service that's going to get them the best possible results. And there's many different ways to do that. Uh, to Scott's point, your onboarding and then your member retention uh, system that you have in place. You know, we uh, with our with our studios, uh, we utilize software that that sets benchmarks and has uh, call ups for the managers to be able to know when to call those new members. We have the bullet points laid out for them as to what they need to talk about or or how they're acclimating to their program. And then another thing too, I think uh, just to add to what Scott has really already said is, you know, we also really like to think ahead for our members. So uh, right now, for example, we're going into a holiday season, you know, here in the United States. So because of that, our member retention calls at this point are already starting to ask our members what their plans are for the holidays so that we can start thinking ahead, getting them guest passes if they're going to have family in town so they're not missing out on workouts, thinking, oh, well, if I go to the gym, I'm going to miss out on family time. No, nah, man, we're going to make this a part of your lifestyle. And so that's what our goal is, is to make sure that that is what our member feels and that's how we engage them throughout the course of the year. Yeah, great insight there. Christopher. Uh, yeah, you know, 
gosh, this is one we've been taking a deep dive in. Um, it's teaching our teams how to have authentic engagement, right? I, I think as you get multi-site and you're not in the clubs as much, um, it's getting them to understand what that looks like. And a start, I mean, I grew up in the commission only sales part of this industry way back when. Um, so I love the sales part, but it's also understanding how to launch them correctly, like they said, um, and asking the right questions because people tend to lie when they walk through the doors. I'm here to lose weight, but there's really the emotional driver behind it. You know, there's a there's some that losing weight gets them the thing that they're chasing. Right. And uh, teaching our teams how to ask those questions, how to launch them in the club the right way. Um, and then there's so many touch points now with messaging with, you know, what we use MXM Medallia, you know, our, our uh, gym sales, uh, um, even like Google business places, you get these messages coming in and it's tough to do, but I try to read them all because some of these responses that some of our staff members do are so generic and not um, emotional. Right. And so I think now, especially after, you know, the COVID deal and, locked away and uh, all the stuff people are looking for that emotional connection so we're really working on how to how to deliver that at a not only a higher level but a quicker level right because you know i see sometimes we respond to somebody in three or four days and that's just unacceptable um but there's so much coming at us just go how do you put all these systems in a place to do that correctly so that's that's what we're chasing right now Right. At the end of the day, it's human to human interaction and humans crave that social touch, too. So making sure it's personal. Robert, we'll go to you. Yeah, I uh, I definitely agree with, with with what the gentlemen are saying. Um, you know, for us, it's it's about really keeping the basics forefront. You know, engagement is about people. And uh, how many frictionless touch points can we create in our onboarding process to where we're connecting our mem our members not only to services we offer but to people we want to create those connections all throughout the club and so you know for us again it's about just keeping the basics top of mind and uh and making this about people and relationships and uh you know i i think when you talk about retention it's a byproduct of how well we do that process and if we're doing it really well and we're building great relationships then our retention numbers will will reflect that yeah Mark, we'll have you round out the question. Um, well, first off, all these guys had, you know, great answers and I can't argue with any of them because that's exactly what I would say. So I'm going to kind of give it a little different twist then. Um, so I think a lot of it has to do with your strategy and of your organization. So if you look at a lot of organizations, you know, they have sales plans, they have marketing plans, they have operational plans. Do they have an engagement plan? And is it one of their core initiatives? Is it part of their budget? Do they plan for it? Do they invest in it? Do they do those things? Because if not, then it's not a very important thing to them. It's just lip service, right? And so it's easy to talk about it. It's tough to back it all back up. And, you know, we've always had a saying that if you want to see what's important to somebody, you look at their calendar. Same thing here, right? If you want to see what's important to someone, you see where they focus. And one of the focuses has to be on member engagement in order to improve retention. Yeah, great insight. So it's hard to believe, but January is just around the corner and it's a very mm -hmm. famous time in the industry where we get a lot of memberships, right? 
And a lot of people come in, they'll work out for a few weeks and then their New Year's resolutions toast and they're heading out the door. So what strategies have been successful at your clubs for really keeping your members engaged in the fitness programs long-term and not just goal-based or short week notice? How do you really make them stay? And Scott, we'll start with you. Oh, so I'm going to build on Mark's comment. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Mark, with the concept of having engagements and having member success be a foundation piece of the business. So for us, what that means is, is what assumptions are we starting with? And we're starting with an assumption that a large percentage, and I'll, I'll share for us, pre-pandemic, it was larger, but it is still more than half of our members who are joining, join believing that the act of joining a health club is going to help them succeed. And our marketing tells them that, and their friends tell them that, and the industry tells them that. But the reality is when I ask members or staff people in clubs, what skills do they have or don't they have? What percentage of these people will succeed? And the vast majority say a small, a very small percentage. And so I think we need to dig deeper into how we guide people's onboarding into the club, what programs we offer them. And so let me start, I'll, I'll speak about two things. The first is what are the programs we can guide people into? What are your menu of services? We all have personal training. Many of us have small group training. Um, most of us have group exercise to some degree. There are three foundational programs. Um, some of us use dietitians or nutritionists. Some do lifestyle classes. Some use health coaches. And by the way, those are our six menu items. And um, we have um, morphed from commission-based salespeople, as Chris and I experienced 20 years ago, to salaried health coaches whose job it is to guide people to the correct program. Think Apple sales genius, right? These guys can, they know everything. They can guide anybody to whatever product they want. And if they do the right Q and A with a person, and then uh, you're gonna like this one with questions that do four things. Does the question process build rapport, which allows trust? Does it get you information so you can guide people to the right program? Does it promote thought in the person of a, of a concept they may not have considered? For example, I need support to adopt these healthy habits. And lastly, does it set up the professional, the health coach, to make a recommendation that is made with credibility that the person believes and will take advantage of? Um, and so we're finding that if we're getting slightly less than 50% of our new members into a consultation with a health coach, they are guiding more than 50% of those people into a program that is a paid program, so PSA Profit Center, but that Profit Center will also guide those people into healthy habit adoption, which is going to ease retention, which will lead to retention, which for us is a double win. So again, I go back to the beginning and how can we guide people into an appropriate program which kills two birds with one stone? Yeah, making sure everyone has that personalized approach to your club, right? Not just a generic onboarding. Exactly. Mark, we'll go to you next. What strategies have been successful at your facilities? So we're very similar to Scott in the sense that we have like a wellness team. And so we we have the various pillars, um, not just fitness, but we have aquatics and all that. But I think one of the things that we're trying to do is we want to launch people into their second year of membership, not their first year. Right. So our whole strategy has to be designed on what's it going to look like as a forever transaction. Right. It's not a, you just signed up for a year. No, 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 this is your lifestyle. And so what skills do we need to teach you? How do we create habits? When do we have to engage you and touch you? How do we create more stickiness with social activities, right? How do we make it fun? Because we all know that if it's just going to be on a treadmill walking, that ain't going to be a lot of fun, 
right? And if you're just lifting weights, it ain't going to be a lot of fun. So we have to figure out how do we create this stickiness, right? Member to member connection, staff to member connection, um, you know, social outings, engagement touch points all along the customer journey. And then ultimately really trying to figure out, we call it the job to be done. What is the job that the member has to get done? And then how do we help guide them and steer them in that direction so that they can be successful? Yeah, of course. Robert, we'll go to you next. Yeah, I, I think very similar to uh, to what Mark and Scott are saying. You know, for us, I think the discovery process is a huge component of this. And, you know, just like Ben said earlier, you know, sales is about uncovering a need and then providing a solution to it. And so if our discovery process is strong, um, then we're going to understand exactly what the customer needs and then be able to point them in the right direction to make sure that their journey is is uh, is tailored to them. And one of the things that we've done uh, is called Ignite. And it's probably something very similar to what these gentlemen have done as well. But, you know, it's about connecting them to different, very, different parts of the club, not just um, personal training or fitness, but pickleball and tennis and aquatics and, and all of those things that will will be very specific to that member. So, you know, for us, it, it's really about the discovery process and then just getting them on the right track um, and then being with them throughout that journey. Yeah, of course. Christopher, we'll go to you next. Oh, man. After all that, I have <laughs> something new. Uh, so, you know, we used to be an HVLP model pre-COVID and we've, we've, we're mid-tier now, about $39 a month. And we've been adding services in um, to help with that process. But for us, it's, you know, one is launch it. You guys have mentioned it. How do you launch them and, and start them in the right place in the club? And then two is we're, we're getting better at, we haven't got there yet, but it's how to, how to re-engage them through the process. So at 30 day, at 90 day, at 180, you know, how are you doing on your goals? Is there something we can do for you? Please come in for a free body fat testing. Like how, it's just the re-engagement process that we typically in the industry in the old days forgot about. It was front end sales. Uh, I'm not really great at retention, but I sell more than I lose. So I'm doing good. Right. And that was kind of the benchmark. So now it's, now it's going, how do we, how do we stay with them longer? Um, we just launched our, uh, our stereo system uh, throughout all the clubs we manage from the office, but we, we're now doing messages over that, um, which we're getting a great response, which I'm surprised because really it was free racker weights was the main thought. Like we, cause it's getting bad. Cause all these young kids in there that uh, don't know that. Um, but the other stuff is, did you get your body fat? Have you taken your free orientation yet? All the, the things that we, we typically try to do on through, through, uh, email or text, they're hearing it overhead. And, and I don't know why, but man, we've gotten such a great response. Like that is so cool. You guys are doing that in the clubs. And I thought, man, that's pretty awesome. So, uh, it's, it's just trying to be part of their life throughout the whole journey, um, and finding new ways to do it. So we're, we're constantly trying to do that. Um, I, I wish I was where Scott and Mark and probably Robert are in this process. Uh, but as we went from, you know, HBLP model to where we're going, uh, it's just starting to stack things in there and not doing it where, you know, it's times 15. So you, you do something times 15 locations and then you lose track of the 15 and you got three doing great and 12, you are doing mediocre. So we're going really slow to not do that. So that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, I think that's a really cool strategy and I'm glad it's paying off for you. Ben, we'll go to you. 
Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to take Mark's approach and round off the question by answering a little bit differently. I think the, the fellows have done a fantastic job of talking through what behavior modification should look like overall. I think, you know, for us, we have to make sure that all of our member base is in a place where they feel they're a part of a community. They're a place that they enjoy what they're doing and they're getting results, whatever results means to that client. So if we can provide those three things, we're winning. So how I'm going to answer the question differently is what I have found is we end up on the ends of the spectrum where it's hard to keep people engaged. You know, the people in the middle that are getting pretty consistent results. It's like, you know, I've never gone to my wealth advisor and he said, yeah, we're getting a pretty good return on your money. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of tired of getting a return. Let me go ahead and cancel. You know, if you're getting a good return, you're probably going to stay. So how do we engage the ends of the spectrum? How do we engage the people that are low usage? And how do we engage the people that are high performers? So with low usage, what we have found is you have to have people that are really, really good at coaching conversations. We're big on the term coach. Uh, we don't call our staff trainers. We call them coaches. We don't call our, our people, you know, uh, staff. We call them, you know, head coaches. And I, I bring that up because a head coach is going to be calling a low usage member and then having a coaching conversation with them on how to overcome the obstacles that are keeping them from being consistent in the, in the studio. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, I also have to have, be a great coach to be able to help a high performer set new goals. If somebody's coming to your studio 12 days a week, well, how do you help that person set new targets for themselves? It, it, it becomes less about maybe body fat or appearance, and it becomes more about maybe performance or setting the next goal as to what they're going to do with their next marathon and how we're going to be able to help uh, control their heart rate and get them a better resting heart rate and things along those lines. So to be a great coach, those are kind of the two ends of the spectrum that we have found are the hardest to control and uh, is typically where the majority of your attrition comes from because people either aren't using the gym and they're not getting the results that they're looking for, uh, or they're getting bored because they're using the gym so much and, and they're not seeing results. So that's where we have really landed with that. Yeah, it's a good take. A lot of you all have touched on already. Um, a big part of this topic is launching and keeping contact with members, the touchiness, how sticky can you make it? And I'd love to know what technologies are you using to help leverage that because tech can be a big part in this. And so Robert, I'll start with you. Yeah. So for us, um, you know, I, I think this is where your boutiques have really knocked it out of the park. You know, they have they have really mastered the um, the technology piece of this. And this is something that we're still evolving to. We've adopted some technology pieces, but it's in our boutique experiences within the facility. So, for example, you know, our zone 30 would be a um, high intensity interval training with the heart rate monitors and the uh, the TVs, and it's to get them engaged in in um, in that type of service. So, you know, th for us, it's it's leveraging technology in those types of ways where we can really bring community to the boutique experiences that we have within the facility. Uh, but this is still something that we are we are marching towards and and looking to get better at. Uh, and definitely, you know, like guys like Ben, you know, for sure have, uh, have uh, really mastered this type of, of technology. So uh, for us, it's still a work in progress, but, you know, we're getting there. Yeah, I really like the heart rate trackers and just that sense of competition and community because it really sparks something with a group of people. It makes you want to come back and get a better score next week, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Christopher, we'll go to you next. Oh, man. Yeah, technology. Um <laughs> It, it's awesome and it sucks. Uh, so <laughs> we, we, 
I, w- I was doing this list last night going, okay, what technology do we lose? And I, I'm going, okay, we use MXM Medallia. Then you got Facebook and Instagram. You got their messenger on both of those. And then you got your thread messages. And then you got your business profile that you get messaged in. You got your Google My Business messages that come through. Uh, the gym sales is coming through. And then you get your emails that come through the club. And then Trainerize, where we're, we connect with our our uh, our training department and our our large group training. You know, every location has it's 2,500 square foot plus. Um, sorry, Ben, F45 ish in our clubs, uh, but. Uh, it's had, I mean, I, I'm just struggling with how to cohesively manage this whole thing to um, to connect with everybody in a in a good way. And I, I don't know if I'm answering the question or creating a bigger question. Uh, and then you and I've been going down this AI rabbit hole lately because um, you look at autoresponders and they're just so generic. Um, and now they have these AI responders, which are really cool, but they haven't quite got it down yet. And, and how do you plug it into all of these other things? Um, I'm probably way overwhelmed on technology right now. I see the the positives in front of us. I just it's going to be a heavy lift uh, to get there. Um, but we do really well on our large group training, our PT, because those coaches are interacting one-on-one with the, their people, um, the classes, their coaches are, you know, doing the measurements, doing the body fat. They're, they're interacting with them with the members at the grocery store and ask the question. They can respond to them. So on that level, we do great. It's once you get to the club level, right? Now I got to do it in the masses. How do I take, I think Robert said the boutique feeling, how do I take the boutique feeling and, transfer it to the member that just shows up three times a week that's not engaged anywhere but loves working out but how do I connect make that connection with them so I don't know if I answered anything or or not said a lot of words (laughs) I think you're very valid in your feelings I feel like every time we master a technology it's so rapidly evolving that something new is coming out right that's promising to be better so then you have to look into that and it can be very overwhelming and it does it's an investment that you have to take a lot of time to actually learn how to use properly in order to get the rewards. So I think a lot of operators feel your frustrations in that aspect. But Ben, we'll go to you next. Awesome. Yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, one of my favorite quotes is, if you're sick of hearing it, your staff is just now getting it. And if your staff is sick of hearing it, then your members are just now getting it. And I, I bring that quote up because, my, my personal belief is that it doesn't matter how much or how many different services you offer. It matters what your utilization of what you're offering is. I, I bring that up because before I was involved with, with Traction Group, uh, I spent many years with F45 headquarters as a consultant. And so I was able to uh, advise many, many, I mean, probably over a thousand uh, gym owners, you know, on, on what they needed to do, what their sales process was, their operations looked like. And um, what I found was being a part of a franchise. So a lot of this is offered to us. So we've got an app with all kinds of challenge information on there, meal ideas. I mean, you name it, it's on the app. We also use, we utilize Lionheart technology inside the studio. Uh, but, you know, to my surprise, the majority of studio owners weren't utilizing it much, if at all. And so what we have done is we've taken those two things. So the fact that we have an app that provides a huge 
I mean, databases of information. So meal plans, grocery lists, all kinds of, of challenges, uh, performance metrics, all these sort of things. And then we've taken the Lionheart and we've really leaned into behavior modification with our onboarding process and then our follow-up with our member base to make sure that they're actually utilizing those two things. And if we can get them utilizing those things, well, that's another place where the whole topic of this conversation, the lifetime value of a member goes up because you know, you've you've heard it before, you upsell clients to get them to purchase more and that creates a longer term life cycle. Well, utilization does the exact same thing at no additional cost. So if I can just get them to simply utilize what I have in place, that's where we tend to see the uptick. So, you know, we've we've really tried to make sure that we integrate that into every form of communication as to how we are prescribing what we want our members to do. Yeah, great insight. Mark. Um, well, much like Robert and Christopher, this is an area that we struggle with um, and we're trying to get better at it. Um, so, you know, we have all the same things that Christopher mentioned, the Facebooks, the Instagrams and all that. Um, you know, we started to try and use some of our tech stack a little differently. So gym sales traditionally was just used to prospect new members. Now we're utilizing it for onboarding and integration purposes. Um, so we're trying to do that as well. We're trying to embrace the chat GPT technology and use it to our advantage. Um, we're starting to use like Instagram and some of those platforms for recruitment of new new employees, more so than just, you know, branding or efforts to capture new members and all that. And so we're trying to run these little experiments, but it's still an area of frustration for me. And, you know, it's one of those areas where, you know, we're looking to our younger demographics that understand it to help us get better at it because, you know, being the old guy, I, I like, you know, face-to-face -face conversations <laughs> and, you know, not all the members want that sometimes. And so, you know, we're trying to figure out how to create more of a hybrid approach um, and create value for everyone at the same time. We we did do something that was a little bit interesting. We have a, an app, we do it through Motion Vibe. And one of the things that we had built for us this year is a hundred workout club. And then anybody that gets through it, it, it tracks it throughout the app and all that. Every time they check in, then we reward them with something. And we just upped it to 200 usages because we had so many people that got it. Um, and so, you know, at 200, they get a nice fleece jacket and, um, you know, it, it's a way of gametizing, you know, because we have the my zones and all that, but not everyone does that. And so everyone has the app and they use it to check in and, so every time they see it and they see that wheel moving to get closer to the hundred, it, it gets them to want to use the club a little bit more. So, you know, that's a, a one area that we've been embracing lately. Yeah, I really like that. You're like creating miniature branded. Um... Wow, I lost the word. <laughs> it's like free marketing, right? They get to go yes, around wearing our shirts. there you go. Brand <laughs> champions. That's what I'm looking for. Goodness. <laughs> Scott, we'll go to you. Oh, so this time I'm the last guy and I get to answer things in a little different way. Yep. Um, by the way, yes, 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 and yes. I, I feel the frustrations. This is a huge area. You know, our, our thoughts are tech for the sake of tech usually only serves the, the early adopters who may or may not represent the majority of people we serve. And, you know, I'll use Medallia as an example. One of the greatest slides um, Blair ever shared with me, Blair um, uh, McCaney from MXM Medallia, um, he's in my round table. And we talked about what jobs our members hiring us to do for them. And if you look at all the questions that these surveys ask and then the wonderful correlations and algorithms that a company like Medallia can do, they really will tell you which of the other items have the greatest impact on the most important items, which is member engagement and member longevity. 
And without hesitation, it was fitness results. The correlation between fitness results and longevity and likelihood to stay was so much higher than cleanliness, friendliness, quality and quantity of equipment, convenience, location, that it blew me away. And it really changed our perception of how we should be engaging our members. And so we're trying to use tech to do more feedback to members about their results. So for example, we do we do blood work. We are a licensed blood lab and can do cholesterol workups. We can do fasting blood glucose combined with in-body body composition, uh, blood pressures and these things. And when we put people through, we use typically 90 days for our programs for two reasons. They're short enough that they are not intimidating for people to commit to, and they're long enough to see real measurable results. And so we take the outcomes from blood work, from body composition, from strength gains, flexibility gains, heart rate changes, blood pressure changes, um, and we can share those with members and their responses blow them away. When they see an average weight loss of uh, you know, 13 pounds in 90 days, when they see their fasting blood glucose drop six points, when they see their triglycerides drop 37 points, um, it, it kind of makes people feel really, really good about what they're doing. It also guides people to bring in. Um, the challenge is how many people can we get into these programs, right? These aren't free. It costs significant uh, funds on our source to guide this testing, but the feedback is invaluable. The second benefit is when we aggregate this data, either as a whole or for, let's say we're working with a company for their health program, and we can show this company that these employees decrease the company's risk factor from X to Y, and that translates to a dollar savings for their insurance company. It gives them a little leverage to negotiate insurance rates. It also allows us to go to a doctor and say, look what we've done for your patient. Um, and sadly, many doctors say they still believe drugs work better than behavior change. That's a different webinar, a different day. Um, but for me, tech is currently used predominantly, all the things these guys talked about we're doing, um, but we're trying to use it for member feedback of results and outcomes. Yeah, I think that's really big in today's day and age is because it's no longer weight loss isn't enough for people because it takes too long and they don't see the results, right? You really need to make sure they're seeing some type of result to keep them interested and keep them coming back. So that's really cool work you're doing there, Scott. Thank you. Um, I want to go back to Mark's point about the 200 check-ins, you receive a jacket, kind of that loyalty touch point. Are there any other incentives or maybe loyalty programs you all are doing with your members to kind of encourage them to keep coming back? And Ben, we'll start with you on this. Yeah. Uh, so two things that I would add to that, you know, with with F45, again, being a being a franchisee definitely has its perks. So, you know, we inherently have all the milestones built in, go to our social media pages, you'll see members on there pretty much every week, you know, so um, what we have done internally is we have really pushed incentives to tie in referrals, and then to tie in give back campaigns. So I'm going to expound just very briefly on both. So first of all, uh, we all here know, uh, you know, the best thing that you can do for a brand new member is get them to bring a friend with them. I mean, the lifespan of a member goes up drastically if they have a workout buddy that comes in within that first 30 days. And so we we tie that into a lot of what we do. We really want to create a community and a place where people feel comfortable and want to bring a friend. If they're not comfortable, F45 is a great example. It's a hard workout. So if you're not acclimated and you don't have the coaching that you need to get 
really comfortable with the workout within your first couple of weeks, you're not going to want to bring a friend to watch you be embarrassed by this hard workout, right? So we really do a, a, a really great job of making sure that we coach people on what the workout's going to be, how we can progress and regress based on where their fitness level is at. So they're in a position where they're comfortable and confident enough to say, okay, I'm ready to bring a friend with me. Um, and then we tie incentives to that. The second thing that I'll bring up is, you know, we are all within our communities, uh, within our with our business. And in order for us to be sustainable as a business, we need to be a part of the community. If we're just in the community and not a part of the community, we're missing the point of, of being in business ownership altogether. So, you know, we always try and find ways, for example, um, in November, we're going to do a huge kickoff campaign for all of our locations. Um, I've already, I've already, I have all of the location managers. They've connected to a local food bank, and every member that brings a friend with them, uh, that friend will get in for free by bringing canned goods. And so we're going to do a huge donation to these food banks in every single one of our cities um, at the end of November. Number one, uh, to to give back to our community, and then number two, to show our members that we. Number one, want them to succeed. Number two, uh, want to be able to be a part of what's happening around us and want to meet a need outside of just fitness. And if we have an opportunity to do that, then why wouldn't we? Yeah. Ben has a great column on our website right now if you want to learn more about that. Grow or give back. <laughs> Mark, we'll go to you next on this one. Um, so we we are we do it twofold. So one is we take marketing dollars and I believe in what I call retention dollars, right? So we take part of the marketing and rather than pushing it out to the to the community to try and get new members, we invest the money in our existing members to try and make them want to be here longer and do things. Because like, as Ben said, you know, when you get the referrals, you start winning the game. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we do a lot of things like trying to create social fun events. Um, like right now, tonight, we have like uh, fall festivals going on at a few of the clubs. And, you know, we do all the little trunk or treats for all the kids and, you know, they come through it and do all the things. And we try to make fun events. We did a dog swim at the end of the pool season um, and we do it for barks. So all the donations go to the barks. They can adopt dogs and all that stuff. So very much like Ben does, you know, being part of the community, we have a charity headlight team that really picks four charities that we focus on every year. And they're always local. We don't do any of the big ones. We always do local because we want the funds to stay in our communities. Um, and then we do kind of usage challenges throughout the year. So we do something in the fall. We're getting ready to launch our Jingle Bell Rock kickoff. Um, we do something through the summer months and we do something in the spring. Um, and, you know, they're fun little challenges to get people to stay engaged and using the club and earn points and different things. And it ties into our Perkville. We use Perkville rewards. So if you refer someone every time you check in, if you do a posting on Google or something like that, you know, obviously you earn points. And then, you know, we do drawings and stuff through the Perkville to reward the members or they could just use them for various gifts and things like that. Um, and then the other one that we do is we have some fun member days. We just call them member appreciation days where, you know, we try to do different surprise things. So like at St. Patty's day, we went out and we bought a bunch of shamrocks and uh, scratch offs and we hit them all over the club. And if members found the gold coin, they would bring it up to the front desk and uh, they'd get a scratch off and, you know, just something to kind of keep people engaged and going, man, what are they going to do next? 
Yeah, I think you're onto something with the dogs because even during the pandemic, the pet industry was the top spending category for people. So if you can get pets involved, I think you're on something. <laughs> really cool when they go down the slides. <laughs> I mean, I'd join your club just to see that. <laughs> Christopher, we'll go to you. Uh, yeah, so we do, uh, during the holidays, we do a lot of fundraisers during the holidays for sure because twofold not only the members i think it's really cool to get the staff involved right i don't think they understand what they get from it till they're in the middle of it right it sounds like a another job we just threw on their lap and then all of a sudden they're having conversations with members and people are bringing things in and we try to get them the the i don't know if data is the right word but understanding of at the end what happened and what they were a part of which uh has been great for us um, and we're a partner with Make-A-Wish um, in the central or central California um, for all of our locations. And uh, we've, we've shared those stories. And uh, really the reason I got involved is I, I met with them and uh, they gave me a list of how many kids are on the waiting list just in our area. And um, it wasn't their names. It was just their ages and then what they were sick with. And it was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And so with how many members we have, I thought, boy, we can do something really cool here. Um, and uh, so we've we've sponsored three so far out of it in the last year and a half. Um, and, you know, they do the reveal at the clubs, which the members get to be a part of. We spread that around. We send out the emails, put post it on our social. Um, and it's trying to live life with our members. Right. I, I think a lot of times we're, we're uh, I think Mark said it's marketing to sell a membership. That's how you spend your little your money and your physical assets on uh, just living life and the journey with people, which is um, I think really big. And I, I just yesterday I commented on one of our um, Instagrams where they were shouting out to a member that lost 100 pounds, and you know I try to go back in and comment so that they see that I'm paying attention to what's happening in all these locations. Um, so, uh, and we do the referral stuff and, you know, bring a friend in a referral day. We do an open workout for our boot camps, uh, once a month. It's usually, uh, what are we doing this month? Halloween. It's costume workout, bring your friends, family. They don't have to be a member. It's open to the community. Um, we just open it up, things like that. Uh, it, it's just being out there and not looking like every time we're out there, we want a dollar. Right. And I know <laughs> Trust me, I struggle with it. Like, okay, we're doing this for free. Okay, let's do it. Um, but it's the right thing to do. And usually, when you when you feel that and you and uh, you're going through that emotion, usually it's probably one of your better ones. I don't know why that is. Usually, when your trep when your trepidations are high, the outcomes are great. And um, so that that's what we do. We just try to walk life with everybody. Yeah, I like that saying. Scott, we'll go to you. First of all, Mark, I'm, I'm guessing that the dog swim in the pool was the day you closed the pool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the very last, it's the very last event we do. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Um, so I, I think back to my early days in the industry, I worked for an organization that was very sales driven and they, they had a never ending referral or new member join incentive program that ranged from beach towels to gym bags, to bicycle raffles, to, you name it, and every 30 days it was something new. And 
living that month after month after month, what evolved was members started waiting for the prize they wanted to refer the friend that they wanted to bring into the club. And the evolution of my thinking was we were bribing people for their cooperation with something. And I think, and so I, I kind of, I, I started to not like that process. And I started to think about value creation. And, you know, there's a wonderful book out there in management called Whale Done, and it talks about reward desired behavior. Um, and so I like the idea of rewards for desired behavior as opposed to bribery to incent behavior. Um, and that's just a philosophical thing that has evolved within me, not right or wrong. Um, but I think if we use the bribery or the incentive concept too much, it becomes too easy for staff to default to here's the incentive, here's the offer, as opposed to here's how to build value. Here's the real value we're providing. So to me, the answer to that um, challenge was how can we do a better job guiding staff to build value in members. And Ben's point, I think, is one of the most powerful ones of what is more valuable than experiencing a healthy workout that is fun with your friends, right? And bringing people with you to the club. So how can we give people, how can we make that process easy? Instead of incenting it, how can we guide it? Um, and whether that's, you know, the instructor handing out free passes to bring people to class or every Friday is a free boot camp at five o'clock for families, or this month for us, by the way, is free class to the community. Just come on and take a free class. And we are marketing our classes in our club as boutiques market their experiences. And I, I, I'm not a fan of free guest passes or free weeks for membership experience because I think membership at typical gyms is probably a commodity in most people's eyes. Um, and we have a lot of demand for that because we're in a uh, vacation land. But I love the idea of giving people an opportunity to experience something they haven't experienced before to see if they like it like a group exercise class or an F45 class or whatever that might be. So um, I love the idea of building value. I love rewarding desired behavior. Um, and, and I think that um, there's so many different ways to do that. Charity involvement, engagement, making people feel good about how their dollars or time is being invested. Well, all the charities you're working with is wonderful. We do similar things with food banks in the hospital and the, the local kids challenge children's home. So um, it, it's a great topic. I think it's worthy of more discussion, but for me, I think the foundational piece is building value and giving people what they want so they get a greater value. Yeah, of course. Great, great insight there, Scott. And Robert, we'll end out the question with you. Yeah, just just incredible insight from all of these guys. You know, I think the only thing I would I would add to this is, you know, when it comes to loyalty, I think that's an emotional attachment to something. And what we are trying to do is, is we're trying to create emotional attachment and again, through the discovery process to really understand what our customers are wanting and needing and plugging them into those uh, those types of, of areas of the club. But it's holistic. It's not just simply for the, the revenue driving departments. It's, you know, what can we provide a customer for who's looking for stress relief? You know, it's, it's a really, it's a holistic type of program. And so if we're doing a great job of creating great experiences, they, they are more attached to the club then we can do events like, you know, we'll do movies at the pool. So we'll, we'll have a big screen. We'll do a movie where they bring kids and families, but we'll open it up to the community and they get to come in and experience, uh, you know, for just a few hours, what our members actually get to experience. And, you know, I, I think organically it starts to create this, this excitement around, 
being a part of, you know, the, the, the Franco's family. So for us, again, it's really about loyalty is, is emotional and we're trying to create that emotional attachment and then open that up to, you know, the referral process where they can bring friends and family in and, and experience it for themselves. Yeah. Unfortunately, time is just zipping by us. Um, it's a topic we can talk about forever, but unfortunately we cannot today. Um, so I think a big key part to having a lifetime member is ensuring that they're invested in what you offer and they found value in it. So maybe the last question we have time for is what additional services or amenities or what other offerings are you offering that really add value to your memberships and how are you creating those experiences for members? And Christopher, we'll start with you on this one. Got it. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we've added, uh, on our app, we've added less mills so that they could have some workouts, uh, on the road, um, trying to connect with them more places than inside the club. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at some partnerships in some of our locations as far as, um, you know, just having discounts or opportunities that their membership gives them um, outside of our four walls so that there's value in that, right? Um, uh, and, and, you know, I think the struggle has always been how do you, how do you create the, uh, what's the right word? Um, how do you create the normalcy of that so that they realize everything they get. I mean, just the other day I was talking to our HR person about ADP and they go, did you know all these offerings are in ADP for employees? They get a million discounts at a million places. Um, and our employees don't even know that. Like all they got to do is go to their portal, go to this other button and look at, they can get 10% here, 15% there, 20% there by just being an employee. And my employees probably don't have a clue that they get that. And that kind of opened my eyes to going, okay, how do I, how do I not, how do I give our members more? And then how do we make sure they understand what they get? Right. I mean, orientations, we offer it like 20 times and our, how many people take the orientations? Um, so that's what we're working on. Just those extra, extra added values, uh, you know, on our boot camp membership, they get even more than that. So it's, it's when you go up on membership levels, they get much more value. Uh, um, and we're working, uh, I don't remember who said it, maybe Scott said blood panel stuff. Uh, we're working with a partner on that right now because you, you're just seeing that going through the roof of the IVs, the blood panels. Uh, um, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's so endless out there right now um, to go, okay, how do you do it in a way that makes sense? Uh, we're, we're adding, we're adding quite a bit. I, don't know where we're actually going to end up with, but there's a lot on the plate right now. Um, but yeah, that's my answer. Sorry. Yeah. It's like what Ben said earlier. Um, it doesn't matter how many offerings you have. It's how many people utilize it and they can't utilize it if they don't know it's there. Right. Yeah. Scott, we'll go to you next. Yeah. So I, it's a great question because there's so many things to offer and you can't say yes, nor should you say yes to all of them. Right. Everyone you add dilutes from the others that you already have. Um, I'll, I'm going to pick one of, of ours that I think has been a game changer for us a few years ago. Um, you know, it dawned on us that if results are really what people are looking for, and we know that exercise is a great intervention to help people change their bodies positively, the challenge is it takes too long, right? People don't have the patience to stick with it long enough to see the changes to create the habit. So how can we make that process easier? How can we accelerate? And, you know, the simple answer for us was nutrition. 
if we can help guide people's eating, we can absolutely accelerate results. And if we can accelerate results, then that's going to also improve the engagement and exercise. So in the nutrition piece, you know, there's, there's multiple ways to provide nutrition services, whether that's a nutritionist or a dietitian. And for those who don't know the difference, um, all six of us on this panel are nutritionists. There are no requirements, certifications, licenses, or boards needed to become a nutritionist. You simply have people pay you to tell you what to eat. Um, the difference in a dietitian is they are a licensed medical professional who's been through six plus years of school, has passed exams, is recognized by not just the medical community, but by the insurance companies. So there are billing codes. So we now employ three dietitians. Um, we have gone through the very painful process of learning how to bill insurance for their services, but we're now finding that eight out of 10 people who join our club are eligible in their existing health plan to pay for preventative nutrition therapies or medical nutrition therapies. So the member doesn't have to pay a penny yet they get great nutritional advice from a licensed professional. Um, and so the more people we can guide into that program, the better. And because there aren't enough dietitians to solve all the eating problems in the country today, how do you scale that? And for us, you scale that with classes, uh, lifestyle classes that last, as I said before, 90 days with outcomes pre and post, uh, we can bill for those classes. And so I think if we can do anything to help our members get results and, and branch out beyond simply exercise, I think that adds tremendous value. Yeah, the key there is habit changing. And I think a lot of people struggle with eating the most. A lot of people can work up the courage to get a workout in, but changing their eating habits is more challenging for them. Yeah, you can't you can't out-exercise a bad diet. Correct. <laughs> Robert, we'll go to you next. Yeah, um, for us, and you know, this was specific to our organization. You know, this may be different for other people, but for us, the the most important thing for us was to get the onboarding right. And so it was a is a critical piece for us as I came on board um earlier uh to get this part right and to create an experience where when somebody comes in and joins, you know, they are immediately connected to multiple areas of the club. And uh what we're seeing is we're seeing you know, the, the life of the member extent, we're seeing more uptake in, um, you know, our ancillary services, you know, it really has been something that has been a game changer for us. And so, you know, wh whoever's listening, you know, whatever, whatever challenges they have for us specifically, it was about onboarding. And uh, I think that's one of the best things that we've been able to master here is just getting people on the right path and connected to the people in our club and then from there, it's just building relationships and being with them on the journey. So um, so that's that's where we were. Yeah, Robert, you make a good point. And I think it's just always a good reminder that each club is different and they're going to have different challenges and different things will work for them that don't really work for others. So it's a good reminder. Ben, we'll go to you. Yeah, I uh, as, as everybody's probably realized by now, I'm I'm the oddball of the group, the, the sole franchisee here. So I, I will say, you know, uh, as far as additional programming, we do all the basics. We run challenges, we run events. We have one called F45 Playoffs. That's performance based. It's fun. It's engaging. You know, it's high energy. Uh, you know, we do the nutrition planning, as we mentioned, uh, through the F45 Challenge app. So we do a lot of the similar of, of similar programs to what you guys are already running. Uh, but I am going to answer the question a little bit differently. I think for us, what we have done within our group that has provided us the best investment in our members' long-term sustainability um, has actually been investing in the staff. So what we have really, really done is we have 
uh, solidified our onboarding process when it comes to our new staff. Our new staff go through an eight-session onboarding process before they even step foot on the workout floor. Um, managers included. We have a full-blown manual as to how we onboard new managers. Now, mind you, we've got 10 locations and not a single location has an external hire. So we're putting our people through this, uh, this in intensive onboarding. And uh, I, I bring that up because what, what we have seen is we have seen when our people that are on our staff really truly understand the purpose behind everything that we're doing, they're going to execute it a hundred times better than someone that can just check a box. And so that's where our investment in long-term programming has allowed us to be able to not have to do a ton of additional things because our staff understands why we do the minimal things that we do currently. And it's it's been a huge success for us. Yeah. Ben, you're not the oddball out. You're a different perspective. That's why you're here. <laughs> That's what we call it. <laughs> and Mark, we'll, we'll end it with you. Um, well, we do all the same things that these guys um, have talked about. And I mean, these guys are just incredible operators and all that. And so um, the one thing that we did was a couple of years ago, we changed our mindsets and we started to think about how fitness is a little bit different. And we wanted we wanted to increase our rates, right? We're a hundred and nine dollar a month club, and we were like, "How do we make it so that a member doesn't see it as an expense, but they see it as a wow, this is very valuable. I'd pay one hundred and twenty nine bucks for this, or one hundred and thirty nine bucks for this, right?" And so we try to incorporate additional services because we realize at the end of the day, if I did a million dollars in personal training and I net ten percent on it, I make a hundred thousand. But if I have a thousand members and they're all paying $100 a month. That's $100,000 a month. If I kept them for two additional months, I just made $200,000. So what's a better focus for me, right? And so we just started to look at it as how do we create value? And all these guys talked about it in our existing members, right? And, you know, I, I like all these guys are just unbelievable operators. And I love the way they talk because the language that someone uses is critical. And you hear things like, it's an investment. It's not an expense, right? And we're doing these things to be part of our communities, not because we feel like we have to service them, but because we want to go through. And I think Christopher had said it, you know, you, you want to live life with them, right? And at the end of the day, our philosophy has always been, if you do the right things and you take care of people, the engagement piece will take care of itself. But it all starts with, as Ben said, you got to take care of your staff and then your staff takes care of the members. So we do a lot for our staff and we feel that that is where the value gets created is because if we make it valuable for them, they make it valuable for our members. Of course. Well, gentlemen, you all have been such a pleasure to be with this hour. You shared a lot of great information. We even didn't even get to some of my questions I had because you're just talking so much. Um, right. <laughs> no, it's all great stuff. Um, I hope that maybe in the future we can do a part two of this conversation because it's a great topic and I think there's still a lot more to be discussed on it. But Honored. I thank you all so much for your time and everyone who joined us. Thank you for watching. I hope thank you all you. have a great thank rest you. of your day. Thank you. Thank you.